Right then, if you'd like to come with me, I'll show you around the uh, very special animal enclosures here. Oh, lovely. You'll see uh, some of them here are especially heated for the animal's desires. Oh, I see. Yes. And some of them, you see, will have slightly different environmental settings. Mm. Over here we have more sand. Uh, in the triangle pen over there, you'll notice that we've got uh, quite a lot of long grasses. The animals there do tend to prefer the long grasses in that pen. Uh, of course, over here we have the uh, oval pen. That's a, that's a lovely pen over there. We've got um, we've got some uh, some penguins over there. Some ice flows. It's quite a quite a large space, of course, because oh, we do yes. want to make sure that they have all the things they need, including all, all the fish. Over here we have the lightning bolt pen. That's where we keep the uh, the dragons. They are uh, the yes yes. Oh. It's, it's um. Sort of, um, sort of goldy. They're quite like a lot of the gold there, and obviously, uh, the caves and so forth. And that's really what makes the dragons feel special. And uh, uh, you'll obviously notice this uh, special large refrigerated pen over oh, here. Yes, yes. Perfectly circular, you see. Mm. That's our cold O pen. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnet-Dale. And I'm not Jane Agris Magnet-Dale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types. Yeah. We just have a bit of a catch-up about the media we've been consuming in the week and do a bit of a, maybe do some silly voices and skits. Just try and have a bit of a, uh, have a bit of a giggle. Yeah. And a catch-up. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm a sleepy little bean. I'm also a sleepy little bean. Yeah, we did big socials. We did. We did many, many socials, and it's taking some recharge. It is taking a bit of recharge. As, as these things often do. Mm-hmm. We travelled. We saw people. We communicated. We played... I was going to say we played many games. We played one game a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Should we start with that, then? Should we Should we start with that? Yeah. Yeah. Tell so us about Frosthaven. We finally started playing Frosthaven. We did. Which... We've talked about Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion on this podcast before. Oh, yes. It is a sort of smaller version of a game called Gloomhaven, which is a big sort of dungeon crawling uh, combat game. Uh, the the main Gloomhaven had a bit of like city building kind of stuff in between. That Jaws- much city building, or- but there was there was like choices to be yeah. made in a slightly. Choose your own adventure style. Go back to town and make choices that lead to consequences. Yeah, invest Uh, money in the church to get blessings, but maybe that will also change things about it. Also, you're doing things that might raise your prosperity level, which means that you get discounts for purchasing like the items you need for your adventures. Uh, So we previously played uh, Jaws of the Lion, which was like a shorter version of that, that didn't have so much of the town stuff, uh, is a little more sort of direct and a little shorter. Uh, we, we played that with a, uh, we had a friend group that we played through it with, um, yeah. and really, really enjoyed it. It was a really yes. nice time. So rather than moving on to Gloomhaven, there was a Kickstarter for a thing called Frosthaven, which is basically yes. the sequel to Gloomhaven. Yes, which um, I had missed. Yes. We had missed it. So, um, I looked at like slackerbacker stuff and that was all kind of too late by then. Yeah. But a few places were uh, take or, or who had clearly like, um, purchased at retail yeah. levels or for probably many hundreds of copies. Yeah. And we managed to order a copy. I think we ordered ours sometime like late 2001. Like we'd, we'd, uh, uh, sorry, 2021. <laughs> 2021. You know, the uh, one, the yeah. one with the one at the, the end. The one with the one at the end. Yeah. Um, 
2021 we ordered this so we were like maybe um three or four five missions six missions into draws the lion realized we were enjoying it thought maybe adding some city building and and other aspects and and slightly more detailed stuff to it seemed like a good idea because it felt like People had said that Jaws the Lion worked very well because it explained things a lot better than the original Gloomhaven. Yes. It had a great idea, but they did go into this massive undertaking from For, almost from scratch. Yeah. Uh, so it seemed like a good idea to try and get what the next one was. And I realise yeah. they've done like, uh, I think they're on like their fifth or sixth printing now of the original Gloomhaven. Yeah, but so things have been slightly refined and fixed. Yes. But uh, this seemed like a good place to go to. Uh, Frosthaven as a sequel to Gloomhaven seems to be like, hey, it's a lot colder. You're you're in a different, slightly different, more cold setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is also more of a focus. It seems like even more of a focus on that town stuff. Yes. Uh, in that now you are sort of building up defenses around this town before winter arrives and uh, developing individual uh, uh, buildings. And if they get destroyed in attacks, you've got to rebuild them. And mm-hmm. there's also all sorts of fancy mechanics like make it like oh you found ingredients on a mission you can uh tear off a little tab and see what kind of potion you made yeah. or crafting equipment from things you found in loot drops to uh make new weapons and armor oh yes um there are there's a whole bunch of mechanics layered around pick a character and Go fight a bunch of enemies with some restri- some sort of restrictions or objectives or whatever. Oh yes. Um, bef- we got this game like a few months ago. Yes. And we wanted like a good s- chance to like have a proper like me- multiple games in a row first session to like get our heads around it. True, but also we just haven't really we, had we a lot just, of time. We generally. just haven't had time as well. Uh, we did have time for when it first arrived, spending several hours sorting the box. Yeah, we spent about four hours punching. <laughs> I think it was like twenty-seven punch boards. Yeah, that we got through, and then I ended up getting some like. Um, uh, I think they're actually tackle boxes, but they're, they're yeah. like resizable, so you can put um, different things in there, and that's perfect for all the little monster standees and the monster tokens. I mean, even like then, that. we had a bit of alphabetizing to do when we got on the day to actually play it. Yeah, stuff I hadn't really accounted for, <laughs> and, and stuff I didn't really want to sort of peek into myself yeah. until such time as we sat down to yeah. it. So the first game took about... 30, 40 minutes to set up. Yeah. The rest of them were definitely quicker, but that first yeah. one was finding the things, finding the setup, working out how to, how, where things were in practice, but also just like working out the structure of what order things needed to be done because yes. new setup, all that sort of thing. But yeah. And there, there are a few things that I think I will be making like quick guides for myself yeah. for reference. It's, it's an intimidating first time setup, even if you've done. Uh, like Jaws of the Lion before, like, yes. Because Jaws of the Lion had the uh, the um, scenario book where you just open the book to a, 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 a the spiral bound book to a double page, and that's usually most of the map, <laughs> all of the plot. Sometimes it might be like the hey, there's this extra book, grab one extra page from that, and there's maybe some text yeah. on that as well. But this is get a bunch of tiles. You might have to clip some of them together. You might just have to have some of them ready to go and yeah. one that you're setting up because something that it definitely does different to the original Gloomhaven is rather than going, okay, you're going to set up the whole map and then we're just going to tell you where yes. the monsters are within that map. This is 
we're going to set up one tile at a time, and when you get to the next bit, you're going to have to go to a different book and set up the next room entirely. Yes. Um, which I do like that in practice, even if it's a little more work. I think it it added to the surprise of what was coming a bit. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think before we like get dig into like the the experience of playing, maybe talk about the the characters we all played as because yes. uh, Gloomhaven, Frosthaven, Jaws of the Lion all have like really interesting character classes. Yes. Uh, so I was playing as the um, blade. yeah the Blink Blade, where my whole character gimmick is that uh, so usually in in Gloomhaven or Jaws of the Lion you have like a top half and a bottom half of your card yep. and. Uh, each half will have a different ability on it, and you're usually playing the top half of one card and the bottom half of another. Yes. My character has that, but also there's a left and right side to the top and a left and right side to the bottom <laughs> that depend on whether I'm in fast mode or slow mode. Yes. Um, at the start of each round, I have to declare whether I'm in fast or slow. If I'm in slow, I gain a time token. If I'm in fast, I use up a time token, so I have to sort of manage that resource mm -hmm. which will change my initiative order for where i am in battle yep. and it will change sort of how my abilities work a little bit like uh for example my movement if i if i do a like a movement action i might get a bonus to movement if i'm in fast mode or a negative to movement in slow mode mm. but it's not always that cut and dry of like fast mode is always better than slow yeah sometimes there will be specific benefits on slow mode that are things like benefits for other party members rather than yourself, mm -hmm. or things that are uh, need you to stop and take a second. So, like, having a bit of extra range on your attack because you're slowing down to take aim, or mm. doing an action like healing that might uh, not be able to be done while sprinting around. Uh, it It definitely wasn't as much of a good mode and shit mode as I'd sort of assumed it would be. No, see, I assumed it was going to be you going to be, like, swift but not do as much damage or slow but maybe able to do, like, uh, like higher damage output. It's it's somewhat the opposite in that, like, when you're going fast you do more damage because you have momentum behind you. Yeah. Um, Which is why, like, you're sort of disincentivized from doing, from trying to do raw damage numbers while slow. Mm. But you might be able to do things like inflicting uh, a wound or something. Something yeah. that requires a bit more finesse because you've slowed down to mm -hmm. to apply it. Which is good because that's an ongoing potential damaging issue for, yeah. for your enemy. Um, yeah, it was an interesting, fun character. Not as uh, overwhelmingly complicated as I kind of feared. Yeah, although I think all of us stumbled a little bit through our characters. Oh, of course we did, but that's that's part of the process of learning a new character yeah. in a game where you have limited resources. Yeah, I mean, I had done a little bit of research into um, people talking about the cards that had been shown like a year ago mm. for each of the, the starting classes, so I had some sort of thoughts about what I was going to do. I had, from the very start, like the idea of playing um, the uh, necromancer type, class who is the bone shaper and she uh, can basically at the risk of her own health uh perform a little bit of necromancy raise the dead and yeah. um or, or raise uh spirits and and sort of form an army around her yeah which can be good if you've got like someone else who's quite tanky and needs needs a bit uh, a bit of a buffer Mm -hmm. So you can raise an army of skeletons around them. They, um, they can be good for like being disposable attackers against enemies that have retaliate, where you don't want to yeah. risk taking that retaliatory damage. Especially since one of my cards, one of the bottom actions of my card that I can just leave on the table is um, it allows my um, skeletons to be 
they, they, they immune to um, retaliate? Or yeah. all of my summons can be immune to retaliate, which has been quite nice. Yep. There's uh, other spirits later on, or other sort of things that you can raise as well. I think I've got one that's like a flying ranged creature yep. that can do some quite interesting stuff. But even using, like, the bottom actions of those cards, like, the skeletons are great because they will keep coming back. Yeah. And they'll give me an experience every time, and they'll sit out on the table, and if at the end of the the turn I'm like, hmm, if I have one more card in my hand now, I will technically get one more round before I exhaust. Yeah. So I can dissolve that skeleton, call that back, but I am going to have to pay the health for it again. Mm. I... I am excited to see where this character goes. Yeah. I I think like you, we've we've already talked briefly about the fact that our characters have to retire. Yes. That that is a whole thing of uh in Gloomhaven um and and Frosthaven, you have this whole character thing of your character has a goal, a personal yeah. goal they want to achieve. In my case, uh in Frosthaven, it is I want to see five individual types of plants. Yes. You can't really do anything to like mitigate that apart from trying to pick up as much treasure as you can yeah and there isn't anything like at the end of the mission you get all the treasure that's lying around yeah it's very much a case of if the treasure wasn't picked up in the mission it's just gone yeah Uh, so it's like i can't guarantee that a deck is a gonna have any of the plants i need in it or b that i'm gonna get the plants that i need in order to do it um, one of our characters has one that's just get eight pieces of wood, which is, I imagine, is going to be. I think they're probably going to be the first person to retire. My, mine is like fairly easy to do, or fairly easy to avoid doing. So if I want to like delay uh, retirement to see more of my character, I think it's fairly doable. Mm-hmm. In that, like, I have three very specific enemy types, yes, and I have to kill two two of each of them. So, I imagine you've like, done at least one of those by now. I've done one of them, but I could always like do a bunch of damage and like leave leave them just shy of death and let mm-hmm. other people get the killing blow if I wasn't ready to retire. Yeah. Um. But also, uh, that's not always the way these things go. Yeah. But, like, I'll at least have some ability to like know it's coming and to try and mitigate it if that's True. what I want. But also, you could replay that character again at a, at a later point. We've yeah. already played enough that we've unlocked uh, like a whole new class. Yeah. Which was quite interesting, and um, that like that whole aspect of, um, because um, one of the things you have you have this big sort of map with all of the places you can go to. Yeah. And it starts off you just have like your first mission. Yes. Or your zero mission if you've never played a Haven game before. And it'll have some sort of arrows going after you complete it. These ones are options. Yeah, and sometimes there will be linked missions. So rather than having to keep going out on the road and doing road events, which might um, do you harm on the way to a mission and potentially be tricky or set something up for later, it means that you can just sort of stay out on the road and keep doing a few things. It also stops time passing. Yes, which is important for the whole train to say get defences built up before winter. Yep. Like, the the fewer times you you have to stop and go back to town, the more efficiently you're using your time. But you can only achieve a level up if you go back and, yep. and do downtime at the, uh, at the town, which means that you might have hit your threshold for levelling up, mm. but if you're still out on the road trying to gather more wood to make more walls, yeah. then you can't actually level up and you can't get I mean, new cards. I've hit my threshold for the next level, but we We've got a linked mission coming up, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm, like, two away from, from yeah. there. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, we played maybe six or seven games of this Something over like that, yeah. over a few days. Yeah. Um, we made a few mistakes, but yeah, we got I, it. It's a big, complicated game. There's going to be stuff that we're going to yeah. rec- realize. Oops, I shouldn't have done that. But yeah. you know, it's part of the learning. Yeah, and I don't think um, we've you know done anything you know catastrophic to the game. No, no. But I think we've all started to get our heads around sort of how to play our characters. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of missions that required us to be a bit more economical with our resources, and I think yes. that helped us sort of work out how to not burn out too fast. Yes, we we had uh, a couple of things in the in the first rounds of first few missions, which were just fight things. When everything's dead, you win. Yes, and then we had a, a couple that were okay. Here is a bunch of long tunnels. You've got to run through them as fast as possible. Yeah, get to the end. If anyone gets exhausted or dies, that that yeah. that's it. Or you are in this environment and you're going to be in this environment for this amount of time. Be alive at the end of it. It was fascinating to see a video game mechanic. I'm not going to say which. Yeah, used in in a board game they, in that way. They did a pretty good job of translating that mechanic yeah. into a board game mechanic in a way that felt good. Even me with my aphantasia managed yeah. to just go, yeah, I can see what's happening can, here. This I is very cool. Follow this. Yes. Yeah. I'm really digging it so far. Yes. Um, very much enjoying the, uh, the app with its dramatic readings of story. Yes. Uh, story stuff. We're using the Foreteller app because I had heard tell from a few reviewers saying that, uh, although, uh, Isaac, who, who did most of the writing on the first one and, and is the designer, didn't uh, isn't a writer, and he he talks himself about how like oh no my writing wasn't very good. Like I feel like the writing in Gloomhaven managed to convey things perfectly well. So yeah. if, if you're reading out of the book to the table explaining mm. what's happening, having the start of a scene be you're approached by this person, they look like yeah. this, they 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 they're they're dressed in it's this. It's a manner. little functional, but it does the job well. As opposed to going. Text dialogue, 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 dialogue. Said the the sm- small quatrille. Yes, yeah. you've started reading out dialogue in a voice, and you get to the end of it and go, "Oh, that's not appropriate." Yeah. Who was talking? Indeed. So that like I've heard a few people say, like you might want the the four app for and this. It's I've enjoyed having like every now and then just a little bit of dramatic radio play happen. Mm, yeah, a little bit. Of, it's got, you know, it's got music in the background, it's got some nice foley it's, effects. It set the tone for what was going on quite well. Yeah, I think I think it worked very well. Yeah. It's a bit finicky, but I don't know if that was just our, our friend's uh, Wi-Fi, because yeah. they seem to be having some trouble down there at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I have enjoyed using the Forteller app. Um, it's quite expensive but then when they're talking about the fact that it's like 20 hours worth of audio ah. like you probably wouldn't be able to buy a radio play with 20 20 hours of audio that's for uh, i think it's 17 uh, 17 dollars yeah which is like as you say it's a little pricey but also like it's not so bad when you consider it in the context of how many months and months and months and months and months and months and months we're going to be playing this yes which is the thing because we can talk about how we're feeling at the start of this but it is going to be a very long time before we ever see the end of this. Um, we there are there are so many missions in this to be played. I but think there's like a hundred and thirty six missions. Yeah, so some of them are uh, fairly random. Some of them are written by like um, guest uh, writers or guest designers. I know uh, the No Pun Included crew wrote a, a mission for yeah. this. It's you'd be you'd be looking at a rough estimate, maybe twenty. 
weekends the length that we just had yeah. to get through it. So, like, I wouldn't imagine for a couple of years, probably, yeah, like, not. at most. Yeah, at we're not going to do, like, the Brothers Murph who managed to play through all of Gloomhaven, every mission, regardless of plot points, yeah. doubling back and making sure they did all, I think it was 109 missions in the original Gloomhaven, and that they managed to do that in, like, a weekend. 48 hours with, with like, a nap in between. What? Have you never heard of it? No, no, no. About this? I, I think you've told me about this, but it's only just sunk in, like... Yeah, that's... I don't know how you play that game that fast. They so set up, like, a, a, pa- a pasting table with, uh, like, lines drawn on it in Sharpie about, like, which map pieces they had. Yeah, but... And then they had, like, big displays with all but of the... But even so, that's very quick to do the missions. They apparently... It apparently wasn't very much fun. No. But it was a case of, like, they got through, like, all of the different things, every yeah. every different mission, <sighs> playing no. with just, like, efficiency. No, we will be a couple of years of finding the odd weekend to play yeah. with our friend group, and this is just going to be our ongoing adventure together for a it few years. Is. And it's nice to have our thing with that. that yeah. Friend, I that, mean, that we, pair of we played Legacy Games with, like, yeah. various groups. We played Legacy Games, just the two of us. Yeah. We've we've got we've got like a pair of board game friends we play a lot of like the shorter legacy games with and Yes. I mean we played through mm. Pandemic Legacy season one with them. Yep. Uh we're doing Betrayal Legacy, we did Clank Legacy. We did Clank Legacy. Um we're gonna do the other seasons of, of uh Pandemic Pan- Legacy. They've with got them. those sitting on their Kalax. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know how much there else there is to say right now, other than I'm very much enjoying my first impressions. Really enjoying it. I am. I am glad to play a full-sized um, Haven game in a non-digital yeah. form because I I played um, original Gloom, yeah. Gloomhaven on PC, and you do lose a lot of the the mystery in many ways yeah. because. Like, when you retire a character, you open an envelope, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff in the envelope, and it'll be like, shuffle these into these decks, and stuff will happen. And Mm. you don't... Sometimes you'll open new characters through that, and yes, you will see what the new characters are in in the digital edition, but you won't have that, ooh, I've just shuffled a bunch of new road events into the road stuff, so, like, there's a whole extra stuff. You don't even know it's happened, which is... Yeah. Feels, like, a bit... You lose Double the physical practicality of feeling the game evolve. Yeah, it, I like even if it just told you like some these things yeah. changes have been made. Well, it's 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 like uh, and trying to be spoiler light when we had a mission that got us to get a box out of the big box, and we were like, "Oh, I bet this means blank," mm. and like you wouldn't have that moment playing a digital version because you wouldn't have known that thing came out of a box. Yep. That indicated something specific you just to know, you. That person, that 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 thing is is here now. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Frosthaven. Yeah, real fun so far. Really enjoying it so far. Glad we managed to get in early enough that we saved a hundred quid on it compared to the current retail Indeed. price. Indeed. Woohoo! Uh, shall we talk about the other thing we both played? That is the reason that this week's episode of Quips had to go up a little late for uh for for people for, on Patreon. Yes. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about the Vampire Survivors DLC? So yeah, Vampire Survivors DLC, Tides of the Fiscari. Yeah, how are you? How are you finding this so far? Uh well, I've pretty much finished it. There's yeah. only one character I I'm aware of that I haven't played with yet. Yeah. 
So I have like done all the unlocks or um, yep. found all of the items, all of the combination stuff. Because yep. we've had this since uh, sort of tail end of last week. Yeah, but all, but like when you consider we had four days away. Oh yeah, we, we've had a couple of evenings and like you played a bit in in bed one night. But uh, yeah, we 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 put some time in. Yeah, um, really enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it more than um, Moonspell. Agreed. Like. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed Moonspell. It, yeah. Like, I liked some of the aspects of it. I thought it was quite cool having roofs. Yes. Roofs was a fun idea. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I think I like the environment better. Yeah. In many ways. I think not being grassy helps. Uh, not being snowy helps. Yeah. So the, the, the lush greenness. Yeah. The, um, the, I think the narrowness, this is probably going to sound a bit weird, the narrowness of the walls in the mazes, and there are several really mazy areas. Yes. Including like a specific hedge maze and then yes. the forest area. I was thinking of a hedge maze, but yes. Um, um, like there are a couple of places that are a bit sort of mazy which, to find your way around. It's, it's, it's not even so much the finding the way around that I found interesting about those. It was the sort of limits and constraints it puts on your ability to move uh, by the nature of it being sort of a little confined, which yes. forces you to be a little different about how you avoid incoming stuff, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, but also I think something about the way that generally especially like the hedge maze, it was a lot narrower. Yes. Earlier, earlier on, certainly, if you've got like the charm um, power mm. up on I think that was from the backcountry. When you finish backcountry, yeah. you get charm, which adds like a bunch of extra enemies to the screen. Yeah. If you've got charm and maybe a lot of curse, then you might find from about 20 minutes, you <laughs> cannot navigate the hedge maze. Yes. Because there's just too much happening and it blocks yes. all the walls. Yeah. But generally speaking, you can sort of get around there quite easily and work your way around. Yeah. And as opposed to um, Mount Moonspell, where when you were inside the mountains, oh, yes. sometimes you just couldn't really see where to go or how to go there once yes. it got too swamped. Yes, everything just got a little bit like, unless you had something like the pentagram to do a room clear to give you yeah. a, a second or so of like a flash of visibility. Yeah. Uh, you you really had to go in there like early run and get a feel for the layout if you were going to be in there later. Yes, but also that is a hard area to be early run because yes. the the like demon things in there. Oh yeah, are they they are real really sturdy hard. and they don't knock back. And plus you've got the uh, the big um, skeleton things. Yes, which will start chasing you forever. And there's what four or five items in that mountain area. Yeah. Like, it's difficult to sort of get in there early, and it's difficult to see once you're in there late. Yeah. So it, it is sort of playing it a few times yeah. and working out the but best time to go there, and do There was those definitely things. less of that in the new DLC. Definitely. Much was, much less of that. Yeah. I there, there were a couple of things, and I don't know if these are just um, because we were playing an early version of it, like the beastry stuff isn't in in yet. Uh, so having played uh, D uh, um, review builds uh, before release of the DLC before, I suspect that is just because it's a pre-release build. Like uh, yeah. when, in in my experience, that stuff like sometimes just pops up on the main build like an hour or two before the game goes. Live. Yeah, but what I was going to say is there's a couple of couple of other things as well. Like there was one point mm. when I found what looked like a shortcut because there are little shortcuts. Yes in this I was like so once I'd found one I was like I'm just going to keep looking out for shortcuts yeah. and I found this like one thing and I was like something is definitely happening because I'm getting that pie effect from <laughs> um 
Uh, what's the first level you start, like, in the very first, in the base game of Gloomhaven? Oh, uh, uh, the, uh, Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors? Yes. Uh, the, the, the Green Acres? Is green Acres? And, yeah. no, I think that's the bonus one. But Oh, you know what, yeah, I know what yes, you mean. But yeah. that, that level, and there's a whole thing where you go up to the top of the screen and you follow the pies and you yes. find the person that's so slow they go backwards and shoot yes. backwards. yes. I was getting that effect. I was like, Pies, this is probably a secret character. Mm. So I I was like, I think I'm in the right place, but I seem to be like stuck between two walls. I couldn't go forward. Back <sighs> seemed to be taking me away from the source of Pie power up. I mean, look, either that is a thing because it's you're playing a pre-release build, or there is some weird trick to it that the internet will work out within a few hours of the game. Oh, I out. worked out several hours later or, or several runs later <laughs> that actually if you don't walk under that thing and yeah. go up and across the top there is a way into this hidden oh. area like there's a huge square hidden area that looks like um uh l- like rows of, of planted um crops or something mm. and it's basically if you can eat Go in from the top there, you will find a lot of this one enemy that when you kill it will fire pies at you and eventually yeah. you'll kill enough of them and you'll get uh, a secret character unlock. Yeah. But it was... I was like, I don't know what's going on here. I think I'm in the right place and I'm I'm too afraid to move in case I lose whatever bonus yeah. I'm getting to get this character. But then I finished the level and I was like, yep, I've definitely unlocked this character. It's all good now. Hooray. Um... The enemy um, variety is really interesting on yeah, this. I very much enjoy uh, the enemy I'm going to call Colin the Caterpillar. Uh, that is, I'm, I I love that that exists. Yes. I'm very glad that that, that that little friend exists. Oh, yes. Yum, 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 tasty friend. But otherwise, I'm not really cake. No, that's, one of the, that's one of the few mystery entries that isn't. Yeah, it looks, it looks like cake, though. I would like to eat the cake. Nom, nom, tasty cake. Nom, tasty cake. Yeah, I'm loving the, the new enemy variety. I'm loving... I got, uh, Weird thing to say. I really like the um, the lamps for this area. Yeah, I really think they're, they're very nicely stylized. Yeah. Um, there's, like, whole mystery things of mm. the big crystal... Yeah, like I was like, there's a big crystal. I feel like this probably does something, but I do not know yep. what. I, I am enjoying the new characters. I I think that they they feel suitably different to anything so far. Yes, uh, and I I appreciate the novelty. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think how many new characters there are because I've got the secret one, two. And then I think two, uh, three others, three others. So mm. there's the one you start with, yeah. Which and um, that chain of weapons that they they are able to yep. get naturally is fascinating, indeed. And it's it's unusual for uh, vampire survivors to go, hey, you got all of these things, now you can pick them up again yes. because you've evolved it into the next layer. You can go back and get another copy of those first ones. Yeah, which considering how good. Those yeah. those those individual things are. That's like mm, I'm it's, tempted. Yeah, it's it is a fun thing to spec into. Um, I don't know if you can double evolve that. I doubt it. I mean, I wonder if you could double it by like going getting all but one again with the rest of your slots, and then getting something like the candy box and getting the final one you're missing again. I don't know whether the candy box would offer it to you if you've already. Because I think you can get all three of them. Yeah, I don't know if you can get all three of them twice. I, I haven't really I had a chance, know. but I, I'm yeah. I'm curious 
something I might have to experiment yeah, with before. I'm, cu- I'm curious if you could. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it, enjoying the new areas. I love the new layout. I love the new characters. I am. Um, mm. I like the 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 circum uh, the locational stuff like yeah. we had in Mount Moonspell. That was one thing I, I did quite enjoy. Of like, hmm, where will I find Kappas? Well, I know they're water demons. Yes, they're either top left of the map at the big frozen lake or right down on the water side. Yeah, um, stuff like that is really it's- interesting. J- I'm really okay with this being the model for Vampire Survivors. If every every like three or four months yeah. it's just like, hey, here's a couple of quid for a little a batch more Vampire Survivors, yeah. I'd be very okay with I that. I mean, given how cheap the base game was, I don't feel too bad about that. Well, that's the thing. There, there are like far lesser Survivors type games going around that want far far more initial outlay for you for yeah. for far less content. Well, that's the thing. Like the base game has so much content that I'm like, you know what? I want to give you more money. If you'll offer me a little bit of extra content, sure, I'll give you a couple yeah. of quid. And it's not like it's... you you need any of the DLC. No, it's just every now and then it's like, oh, a bit more game if I'd like it. Cool, yeah. thanks. I mean, considering that I'd played through the base game what three times on PC, twice on three yeah. times on mobile. Yeah, like DL- DLC is they, fine they've for me. DLC out of me. Yeah. It's um, not like they're being like eighty grid and also DLC. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Very happy with that, and I look forward to to seeing what else. And I'm looking forward to playing as that secret character. I haven't had a chance <laughs> to have a go at yet. Yes. But all the base ones, very good. Uh, have you played anything else this week? Uh, yeah, I should, I should talk about Terra Nil. Yeah, it was on the list for last week, and I completely forgot to talk last about. Last week it. was a weird, busy week. We had it scheduling uh, complications. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, Terra Nil is. I think I talked about the demo a while ago. Yeah, we we both played the demo. I did go back and replay it after like not getting on great with the demo the first time, and yeah. got on a lot better my second time around. Yeah, I played through the demo a couple of times. Um. Certainly there was, like, the first time I'd, I'd sort of tried to stretch myself a little thin, run out of leaves, and had to completely start again. Mm. The full version, initially, I have to say, I was a little bit disappointed. Mm. So, from the start, you have everything that was in the demo, with a little bit extra. So, you have your yeah. your put into a procedurally generated area, which will have... Um, the or the first level will always have some rocks, mm. some barren ground, and some valleys that will be suitable for turning into rivers once yeah. you have got that far. You put wind turbines on the rocks, you put um, toxin scrubbers uh, as far away from the wind turbines as power stretching will allow, and then you put the... Um, I can't remember what they're called. The, the things that make the greenery down. Yeah, yeah. And they will green anything that's been toxin scrubbed. Mm. So, like, it's 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 a nice little setup. Eventually, you'll be trying to work sort of slightly further along things. You'll maybe flood the rivers with a water pump. That will uh, allow you to, like, calcify some rocks out of the water, mm-hmm. building new, um, uh, new windmills or wind turbines. Or even um, getting the excavator device mm. that will like shoot uh, a, a little mole thing 
uh, along uh, a trench and you can fill that with water and then calcify to the end and it allows you to get slightly further through and then you're trying to do things like okay well there's a tree over here if if i put a bee in the tree or a beehive in the tree Mm. and it's that tree is surrounded by grass then all of that um will turn into like wildflowers or fimbos i think they call it and then you've got like a whole option of hey you can start controlled fires and if you set fire to the fimbos Mm. You will have nourishing ash, which you can use to build um, uh, forests. Yeah. And then again, the forest now gives you more trees, so potentially you could build finboss. Uh, you could build like a load of grass next to where you've got trees, then put a, uh, uh, a beehive right on the edge of your forest, and you will have the two next to each other. There's a whole thing of creating wetlands. And where the demo ended was pretty much there. You'd get to that stage and it would be, okay, now you have to clean up after yourself. You made it all green and now we want to get rid of all this technology and we're going to load it into a a um, like a, a ship thing and then we're going to fly away. Basically, mm. we're going to rewild and then we're going to fuck off and, yeah. and stop being the problem. Yeah. But it, and, that, and that's a really nice idea. The thing that the, the full game expands into is... Okay, you've created things. You're starting to tidy stuff up. Now you need to activate the observatory and you need to start looking for animals. Where will animals want to be? Here is a mystery animal. This animal likes planes. Okay, Mm. I will do a scan on the largest piece of open greenery that's just open greenery I've got. Cool. That was at least 20 tiles of planes. Deer live here now. It's like, yeah, you have deer now. That's very cool. It's like, and then it'll be other things like, um, this waterfowl likes living in lakes. Um, mm. I was like, okay, well, okay, well, I've got a large open watery area. Cool. I've got geese. And then you'll get slightly more complicated ones like, this one wants to be in wetlands near Finbos, near mm. wildflowers. It's a reptile. You've got a little foggy. And it's finding places where you've built the right kinds of places, or even going, actually, I'm going to go back a little bit to the the, um, terraforming aspect Hmm. and grow some uh, some forest on top of that mountain. Because if I grow forest on the mountain and it's um, like there's enough forest and I'm at elevation and I'm near plains with deer on, then I can have bears show up because bears need forest... And elevation and a source of food. Mm. Um, so that was a really fascinating um, aspect, if a little frustrating at times, because you don't always understand why a scan doesn't work. Yeah. You'll get feedback saying things like, it wants this and this and this, and you've almost got that, or you'll scan something and suddenly it'll go out of date. Like, I don't oh. understand why that's out of date. I've literally just done it this second why, why are you saying that data's out of date? Okay, mm. I guess I'll delete that. And each of these scans cost you funds. So if you don't succeed at them, then potentially you can lose the level at the very last point. Mm. Which kind of sucks. And I've, I feel like that might be just a bug they need to fix. Because just say, no, it doesn't work, and for this reason. Because I think the reason is... Um, in the second level especially, there is one creature, I can't remember, but I think maybe turtles or flamingos. Mm. They don't want to be anywhere near any technology. So you have to have already cleaned uh. it away. 
and have like um some water and some um mangrove um space then the flamingo will come but they have to be no nowhere near technology so if you scan an area and it's like it's, yes it's perfect but also no there is a there is a building there <laughs> sometimes that is the answer it's it, and then once you've got enough animals at least three in each area you're really like okay time to clear up and go home mm. then you can clear up and leave and you'll move on to the next area I like the idea of, of scanning for the animals. I f- it feels a little bit buggy at the moment. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it, it's a bit of a pain in the ass to, to properly understand if, exactly if, what is desired. If it's intentional, they haven't conveyed it in, in a way that gets that across. No. Yeah. Um, I think the procedural generation sometimes lets the game down, meaning that yeah. if you start an area and you're really struggling and then you accidentally overspend on on your leaves fund, yes. then it, the game will just be like, hey, you, you can restart, and you'll restart the whole area from scratch. Yeah. And it feels like it needs to go back... Like maybe one of the stages rather than a full the yeah. a full restart of the level. Because when you restart the level you don't necessarily restart the same area. You will mm. get like a whole new spawn and it suddenly go, Oh, this is way easier. Yeah. And that feels a bit weird. I, I can see that not feeling satisfying. Like it I don't know if it's something to do with the spawning in general or just I, I don't know how you would work that out. But just, I just not terribly consistently balanced generation. It doesn't always feel consistently balanced. No. Yeah. And maybe that's just me that I've I've only played through it like one and a half times already. But I played all the way through the the, the base game. Yeah. There are four levels. Mm-hmm. Um they each have different areas and they they will have have different kinds of animals that you're trying to locate and different requirements. So the first one Whatever else you do, it is always going to be a place where you are building wetlands and finbos and um, forests. Mm. The second level is always going to be you need to create coral reefs and you're going to want to build, um, I think it's rainforest, which means you need to build, like, initially you want to build canopies to protect the trees, but then you need to take the canopies down because otherwise parrots won't spawn there. <laughs> and uh, obviously you want parrots. Yeah. Um, there's this whole mechanic that I is a little bit frustrating from that second area involving monorail systems. Okay. Monorails will connect together if they are close enough to each other. Monorails can only be built on stones. Okay. You need to find like you need to either need to create new stone by calcifying, or uh, eventually you get a thing called a, a like a rock skimmer. I think it is that like fires rocks in a given direction, and you can use that to sort of put another uh, monorail location down. Then you can use the monorails themselves to like pick stuff up and put it down in a different location. Mm. The thing comes with cleanup because now instead of having the, these little ho- this little hovercraft that goes around the river areas and up and down, and will collect wherever you've set a, 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 a um, like a beacon from, you put beacons on top of the monorail points, and they will suck up everything around them. Yeah. Sometimes that means that you will accidentally cut off the monorail and have to rebuild it, mm. so that you can get to another point further along. 
just because it, it it deleted a bit that didn't look like it was in range. And at other times, things will appear to be in range. You'll go, okay, I'll, I'll put the beacon down on that, and it won't suck them up, so then you'll have to build another one to get that bit, and then remove the original monorail as well. Yeah. Again, it's it's a weird little things that can be a bit frustrating. Fiddly in a way that doesn't feel satisfying. Yeah. The third world is um, based around uh, geothermal energy. So you're sort of being very careful with lava. You need to make sure you've got enough lava to generate enough rocks. So that when you get to a point where you're growing moss on rocks, that one of the buildings you've got can harvest them moss on the rocks and use it to do something else mm. and if you haven't created enough rocks in the first place you have to start the whole area over again mm. and the first time you play through that you don't really know that that's coming necessarily yeah i think i played through that like three times before i fully understood exactly what well, it meant by some of its mechanics yeah even though it had a, a tutorial there mm. and maybe that was just me and the adhd but i I really did struggle with that a bit. The last area is a sunken city. Yeah. The whole city is sunk. You've got, like, the tops of buildings. Okay. And there's this whole thing of, like, okay, we're going to use this there's this dredger device to dredge mm. up soil to build, have enough land to build on. Yeah. But then we also want to recycle the dredger once it's had all its yeah. uses used out of it. And you can only put the only energy generation you get on that level is from, um, like, I think it's using, like, deep water mm. somehow. So you need to, like, put these power station, floating power station things in the middle of deep water, close enough to where you have things you want to put down. Also, you're slightly recycling some of the buildings, and you're messing with the general seismic um, stability of the area. Mm. And it really made me quite sad, I'll be honest. Yeah, it's because the, the, when you get to the, it's it's not that the city yeah. is dead and the city is drowned. Obviously, yeah. I have my uh, environmental <laughs> fears about that. Generally, it's when you get to a point of you've been completely unable to avoid um, injuring the stabilization. There's a huge earthquake, and all of a sudden, all these bunkers rip open, and it's full of radioactive waste, which means a bunch of your stuff just starts dying. Oh, no. And you've got to find ways of pushing away the or cleaning up the radioactive fumes enough that you can get close enough to then clean up the radiation, and then start go back to growing things again. It's pretty damn intense. It's, It's... yeah, it's it's like wow, we fucked this planet, huh? Um, and then that's that's kind of the end of it. It's like, hey, finished it, credits roll. And it's like that was that was four levels. I can understand why people on Steam are being like, it took me four hours to get through the whole thing, and I wasn't very happy about it. Now, admittedly, mm. my first run through, partly because of my fuck ups and my misunderstandings, took me probably closer to eight hours. Okay, but. As I say, all of the levels are procedurally generated, so you're going to get a slightly yeah. different challenge every time. And then, after you've played the base version of the level, there is, like, an advanced version of each level that unlocks. Okay. Which I haven't got around to trying yet. But I see what people mean by saying it's short or it doesn't feel like there's quite enough content. Yeah. And 
then obviously I also understand the kind of people who are going, hey, you know, you probably pay a lot more for, for less entertain for less than eight hours entertainment. True. That, but that is true. Look, that that can simultaneously be true while also going whether it's subjectively the case or not, this feels short. Like, feels short feels doesn't feel like feature rich. Yeah. Like I've played games that I've happily spent like decent chunks of money on that are like Sayonara Wild Hearts, maybe my favourite game ever. It's like an hour and a half long to do a playthrough. Yeah. But like I've played games that are considerably longer that have felt Oh, is that it? Mm. And sometimes that feeling just comes from the way a game is structured sometimes sets up expectations. Yeah. Where a game will then end and you go, oh, I, the, the, the way this was set up, I thought there would be more. Yeah, like, I thought there was going to be maybe bigger maps, more biomes. I mean, with a game that is as uh, interlocking systems heavy as this is, yeah. it seems like make new assets and let you interconnect those systems in a different place wouldn't be a particularly yeah. uh, strenuous thing to, to, to add. Yeah, Weirdly, very often things are introduced and apart from things like the Toxin Scrubber, you probably won't necessarily see them again. There's this whole yeah. thing with sandbanks um, from the second level which you don't really have another go at and it feels like maybe some of these things should have been like should have had a chance to be used together in different ways later on but it just never sort of came up yeah. and it felt it feels feels like it misses opportunities with the assets it already has while also maybe not having quite enough variations like mm. maybe if you had those four worlds Plus, like, some in-between worlds that are a little bit of what you've yeah. just done and a little bit of what your neck's doing to sort of carry you through that. And maybe got you, like, up to eight eight variants. Mm. And then, you know, I, I think that would have felt like a, a, a bit more, but I don't know. I've enjoyed it. Just, just go in with said expectations. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's it's... It's not a rip-off at, like, 17, 18 quid, but maybe I've just been supported by vampire survivors. I mean, yeah. I've so had hundreds of hours. Sometimes a game will just kind of ruin your expectations of, <laughs> of price versus yeah. content. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a very sweet game. It's very pretty. Uh, there is a whole appreciate mode. You finish an area, you can just leave and go and do the next thing. You can just click appreciate, and it'll sort of pan the camera around a little bit and you'll get to see all the little animals in it. And it's quite adorable. It's very satisfying feeling like you've fixed some of the problems probably created by humanity and re and rewilded, but yeah, yeah. Maybe give it a try. Up to you. What about you? Um, what have you played? Yeah, I've played a, I've played a couple of things this week. I'm mm -hmm. going to try and rattle through them nice and quick so we've, we've uh, had quite a lot of, uh, of games so far today. Mm. Uh, so I will save, I'll save that one for the end. So, uh, I've been playing some Cookie Cranker ah. on, uh, the Playdate. Uh, it's Cookie Clicker, but it's on the Playdate. Uh, if you would do the just tapping to get cookies, you, you crank the crank, but it's basically just, it's, it's, it's Cookie Clicker on the Playdate. Um, if you're looking for just num number go up that, that's in your pocket, it certainly functions. Mm. Um, I also played, there is an unofficial, uh, port of the Pico 8 version of Celeste that is now available on Playdate. Yeah. It plays super well. Um, 
it is surprising how well that game translates over to the over to the playdate. Zero slowdown issues. Um, absolute blast to play. Auto saves after every screen change, which is really appreciated, much like the original Celeste. Mm. Uh, of any playdate game I've played, this one drains battery if you leave it in sleep mode. Um, my experience with the playdate, like largely, has been, oh yeah, I can just put any game in sleep mode and not think about it, and it doesn't really have a, n- a noticeable impact on my battery. Celeste is the one where, like, my battery died overnight, oh, and like it was, you know, granted in sleep mode for twenty four hours. But I'm also like, yeah, I'll I'll maybe close that one when not in use. Yeah. Um, but really, really robust little retro demake port to Playdate of Celeste, really worth checking out. Um. I played some more Breath of the Wild uh, Master Mode, and yeah. the main thing I will bring up this week is um, the the Trial of the Sword to get the fully upgraded Master Sword. I was like, fuck this, I'm never going to do this on Master Mode, but I do want the uh, upgraded sword. Mm-hmm. So I learnt how to do clipping through walls. Yeah, you did. I learnt how to go out of bounds in Breath of the Wild, and I'm, I'm pretty good at it now. I'm, I can pretty accurately jump through walls. Um, I learned a technique called uh, skew, mm-hmm. where you find a slope of a specific kind of angle. This is easiest to do on the side of shrines. Yeah. Uh, and you try and do like a uh, jump onto your shield as if you were going to shield surf up this slope. And then you try and do a shield surf and like take your shield off mid jump and see if you like your character lurches weirdly to the side. And if so, you're like, aha, I've set up skew. And then you find a wall that's the opposite direction to that skew and you shield jump and take off your shield and go through the wall. And I escaped from basically the way the trial of the sword works is that um, all of the rooms in trial of the sword in breath of the wild are just cubes floating in a void. And if you can get out of the wall, you can just walk through the void and go find a different cube to clip your way into, such as the one that will be the end of that trial. Yes. Um, and all of the master trials take a place in the same void of cubes, which means you could say, enter master trial medium mode, clip out the wall, go find the end point of the easy master trial, and it'll go, well, you entered medium and you did a, a, a finishing one. You finished medium, I guess. Um, and with a little bit of work, I now have the fully upgraded master sword that I was otherwise never going to see. Um, so I know now how to how to clip through walls, and that was a fun thing to learn. It kind of reminds me of um, when I was making um, big maps in Minecraft, mm. because a lot of that map design involved making these huge boxes with no lid on. Yeah, and that that was just on a a large grassland because. <laughs> Outside of, of those cubes is a little bit of water, generally, a little bit just hanging around the outside, and then just flat grass. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, it's It was a really interesting exploration of getting to see how that game exists. And I'm always really curious about some of the design elements of the Weird Void, because at one point there's like a huge elevation change and a big like cliff you've got to climb up to get to more of the boxes. Mm. And I'm like... That, that I guess there's a reason you put all the cubes on on water. I guess there's a reason the, some of them are down at this level and some up this level. But mm. I it was interesting to learn to navigate through this maze of identical boxes and clip back in and be like, "Hello, I'm here. Hi, time to beat up this Hinox with just a metal box that's in the water." <laughs> um, and the other thing I started playing uh, that is new, but I haven't put a huge amount of time into it, uh, is. A game called Spiritfall, 
which I believe is in early access at the moment. It is a side-scrolling uh, roguelike where, like, it, it's its progression is a little bit like uh, Inscription, where you are, like, picking between paths on a map that you can see icons that'll have certain types of upgrades, um, and at the top of it there'll be a boss. But in uh, the, the moment-to-moment gameplay is... Uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up almost? This is the Dead Cells-y one. This is the sort of Dead yeah. Cells-y one. So, like, you will go into a room, you've got your light attack, your heavy attack, you cast a spell. Uh, the main thing this does a little differently is you have, like, some stuff to do aerial combos, so you can mm-hmm. sort of string stuff up into the air. Um, but you will get offered upgrades for either your light attack, heavy attack, or magic that will be themed uh, by an element, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, it it feels very in keeping with things like Dead Cells in that sort of thing. I like that they give you the ability to sort of see what you're specking towards um, in advance. It The only thing that really sells this as, like, why would you play this over the games of this genre you already have? Really, right now, it's the art style. It has mm-hmm. a lovely 2D art style that, like, is definitely pretty different to any... It reminded me most weirdly of Battle Chef Brigade... In terms yeah. of its use of like nice, uh, specific kind of two D art, but um, I did, I, I didn't, I, I enjoyed it. I have nothing negative to say about my time playing it, but also I can't tell you anything about it that really feels unique or that gets me excited to tell you about it. Other mm-hmm. than like, I'm like, it's it's good in a very generic way, but it looks nice. Um. And other than that, I've just been playing some Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution, which is the Yu-Gi-Oh! game on Switch where there are zero um, microtransactions, and you just play through all the story content, all the all the all the fights from the animes. Um, I am learning how to do Link Summoning, which is like the the furthest along like modern summoning mechanic. I feel like I have my head around that mechanic somewhat now, but um. Uh, I look. I enjoy. I enjoy this Yu-Gi-Oh game, but it does really highlight a thing that has always been true, which is that Yu-Gi-Oh protagonists tend not to have good Yu-Gi-Oh decks. Mm. Uh, in that they are supposed to be the underdog, and the reason their deck is able to win in the anime is they pulled exactly the right card at exactly the right time, not because they had any kind of consistency or solid uh, deck archetype, mm. which can sometimes make a, occasional um, difficulty spike roadblocks when you're playing with the anime protagonist's deck, mm. where you will be like, I am up against like a very well-defined solid archetype, and I just didn't luck into drawing the one thing that in the anime I would have drawn that would have let me get out of this situation. You mean you didn't have the heart of the cards? I, I, look, the heart of the cards apparently does not translate, uh, you know, as soon as there's not physical cards there, I can't, like, touch the cards and be like, heart of the cards, guide me. Um, but I'm enjoying, like, getting my head around modern Yu-Gi-Oh a bit more. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You played anything else this week? Not really, no. <gasps> well then, time for this. Oh, it's good to be having just a nice Sunday... Just a nice Sunday sit down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I said I was going to mow the lawn. Yeah. Got a local kid to do it. Oh, yeah, you don't say? Yeah, I got a local kid to do it. Didn't ask for payment. Didn't oh. even ask to use our lawnmower. Oh, wow. 
No, no payment and brought 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 their own lawnmower. I guess. Yes, said he work it himself. Okay, okay. Can you hear sirens? <laughs> yeah, now you mention it. That sounds like an awful lot of police. It does. Um, I'll just check out the window. Okay. Oh mercy, that's uh. Ooh. You know that scene in Terminator Two when John Connor's like all of them. Yeah, I think oh. I think this is all of them. Oh no, kid's done a lovely job with the lawn though. <laughs> Not sure swinging that sword around, screaming "ya" was probably quite the way to go about it. Oof, looks like he might have made his money back though. <laughs> Good on you, little kid in green. You got this. Fuck the police with a sword. <laughs> shut, shut, shut. Uh, hi. What? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm sorry. I've, I'm, I'm here to return this bag of holding. What's wrong with it? I mean, I can't fit anything in it. And? What's well, a bag of holding? You, you, yeah. you put things inside it. It, it contains them. You, it, it fit the things go in it. Nah, 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 nah. I think you fundamentally misunderstood what you've got here, isn't it? It's bag holding. Yeah, bag of holding. Infinitely cavernous bag to hold all my possessions. Oh no, that's a bag of holding. And what, wait, how's that different to what I have? Uh, look, come in. Okay, turn around. Okay. And then I'll just drape it across you and... There you go. Don't you feel like, like you're being hugged? Ah, I do. Exactly. It's a bag of holding and it, it'll just hold you. I do wish you'd called it something different like a bag of hugging because this is not going to help me on my heist. Oh no, it's not quite quite a hug, no. It's more just it's just a hold, really, isn't it? Slightly comforting. Portable. I I really needed that big portable bag for the heist. Yeah, I think the guard are after you, actually. Yeah, thanks for that. Bye. Hopefully you feel comforted by the holding. (laughs) So, what have you put in your eyes? Uh, We put a thing in our eyes together. We did. We we watched that mario movie. We did. Mario moved. Yeah, su- the Super Mario Brothers movie, I think mm-hmm. it is called. I believe so. Um, yeah, what, 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 did you, what, did, what did you think of the Mario movie? Um, I went in very aware that it is a kids movie for kids, and I am not the target audience. <laughs> yeah, I did. I very much enjoyed uh, a lot of the references. I enjoyed, uh, especially at the beginning of the film, in in all the Brooklyn stuff, like spotting the names of of buildings and, yeah. and uh, identifying stuff from from old um, Nintendo franchise stuff, including um, Duck Hunt in French. <laughs> and I I enjoyed a, a lot of I enjoyed the texture work. Texture work always good. Uh, from from Nintendo recently, and I'm glad that the movie managed to carry good textures for fabrics and things like that throughout. I quite like that. Uh, there is one character that I absolutely adored. Oh yes, uh, but I think they were just there in there for the jaded old fucks like me. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly who you mean. <laughs> I I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Yeah. Um, it's not a flawless film. No. Um, I, I I would have liked to have seen more of Luigi and Mario interacting with each other because I really enjoyed their chemistry. Um I think that there are moments where like the the uh licensed pop music didn't necessarily add 
No, it did felt like she felt like um, Chris Pratt. He he do movie with uh, old old music soundtrack. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of that, but like I was generally like really pleasantly surprised by a lot of the voice performances. Like even as much as I as <laughs> much as I fucking hate Chris Pratt, uh, his 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 Mario voice really wasn't bad. Um, the 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 two sentences we got of it in in that one trailer did not do it justice. He he did a better job. He put a little effort in. Um, there was only one character whose voice I like didn't think was a natural fit for the character. Um, but like I thought it was funny. I thought it it kept a good pace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, plot plot was pr- was pretty bare bones. But I think that the performances kept you know carried it through that mm-hmm. um it it was an enjoyable if simple film yeah, yeah. had a get a good time uh, and given how much money it's made i hope that that will oh re refill nintendo with confidence and we get a fucking zelda movie oh, yeah i guarantee this is going to fill zelda, uh, nintendo with confidence i i knew this was going to like do good sales numbers when we were in a screening largely full of very young children and they, for the most part, just kind of shut up during the film. Yeah, like I, I've been, I've been to showings with all entirely yeah. adults that have been. L- l- yeah. yeah, it kept it kept this room full of children on school holidays' attention better than I expected, and I was like, okay, yeah, they they've got a hit on their hands here. Oh yeah, well, uh, I will say at one point it was there was so much opening of packets <laughs> simultaneously that I thought it was raining. <laughs> I mean, yes, but like they they weren't talking. No, and that's like true. that's like that. That's the sign of a film that's kept children's attention. Is like we went to a showing full of children, and I didn't hate myself afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we also got up to date on Star Trek Picard. Oh my! Which again, oh my. I feel like every time we bring the show up, we have to be like, it's it's good. It's can't, good. Can't can't spoiler specifics, it's good. but like this season has. I, I think spoiler free, we can say this has felt the most like a TNG era movie this season. Yeah. It's had the real vibe of like we're, we're trying to do one of the TNG sequel movies, mm-hmm. and I think they're hitting that vibe very well. Mm-hmm. Um, very very fan servicey. Definitely a thing for people who have emotional investment in characters outside of Picard. If you don't know characters who aren't Picard, show's not going to slow down to. To, to to get you there, you just you just gotta know and go for the ride. Oh yes. Do you uh, know? I hope you, you know. Because you... you're gonna have to know. Yeah. Or you're gonna have to watch breakdown shows on <laughs> on YouTube where someone explains it to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you watched anything else? Um, that's really. Uh, let me. You watched, let... You watched some Zeltic. Um, I did watch Zelda a... stuff. Yeah, I watched uh, a video called Ganondorf in Tears of the Kingdom: Lore, History, and Speculation by Zeltic on YouTube. Yes. Which is an interesting video that was done, I think, before like the ten-minute um, gameplay trailer for Breath of the Wild, but I'd only just seen it. That was looking at the first two uh, Tears of the Kingdom trailers. Mm. Um, I, I, I might be wrong. I'll double check. Um, that was like, hey, here's what we've seen. Here's what we know from the Zelda timeline. Here's sort of reasons to speculate that this figure we keep seeing might be Ganondorf and why that would be interesting and what that might imply. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a lot of the stuff in that video definitely convinced me that we're seeing like G- Ganondorf as opposed to Demise. Um, mm-hmm. But also just some of the timeline breakdown of um, the fact that for the most part, there's only ever been the one human man Ganondorf. And every time we've seen him, it has been the same man. Mm-hmm. Um you know, maybe he's, you know, maybe he he's in one timeline spit, locked away, and then escapes here, and then he's locked away and he escapes here. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is Ganondorf, it's really interesting in that all of the all of the versions of the human man Ganondorf that we know have died in every timeline. Um, we do not know of a timeline in which he is alive any well. We don't know of a timeline in which he's alive anymore other than the... Wind Waker. Um, well, Wind Waker, he's shoved a sword through his head and he's in stone, which seems pretty dead. But I don't know. I suppose. Um, <laughs> at Twilight Princess is the only other Ganondorf that, like, he's... He has... He got stabbed through the chest, but we don't see him die on screen. And, like, there are some things about... The some of the resurgence of the Twilight Realm stuff in some mm. of these trailers, where I'm like, okay, I can see that maybe. Um, I'm so curious what's going on. Oh yeah, I want, I want this game. I want it. I want this game. It's like less than a month away. It's like coming soon. Coming soon. Uh, what day is it? Twenty eighth, isn't it? Uh, it's a month. It's a month tomorrow. Oh my! It's the twelfth of May. Twelfth of May. Okay. Yeah, it's it's literally a month and a day from when we're recording this. Mercy. Yeah, it's it's imminent. Yeah. Ah, I'm excited. Yeah, what this, a, what this is going to be a couple of weekends of us sitting oh. on the couch, not talking to each other, playing I mean, Zelda. I mean, we'll talk to I each other about thing. Zelda a bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, occasionally switching who's on the TV and who's on the handheld, and who's uh, yeah, who's using yeah. the, the uh, charging cable. <laughs> um, what about you? You watch anything else this week? Um, no, not really. Um, yeah, I, I watched that Zeltic video as well. Yeah, Twice, in fact, because the first time I was in in the bath rinsing a tattoo, and then yeah. my um, phone gave out. It's, it's a good, interesting video. Yeah, um, I usually enjoy Celtic's videos. Yeah, Celtic's usually got good, good insights, and and also has pieced together the things that I may have seen twenty or so hours apart in a video game. Yes, yes. Um, I I, I think he's got some 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 good some good insights there. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it is that everything? That's everything. Well then, time for this. Laura, 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 Laura. We've got a new sponsor. We've got a new sponsor. Yeah. Tell me about our new sponsor. Well, do you like games? I do like games. Do you like video games? I do like video games. Do you like video games that don't take up the entire house? I I do, I do. Like, would you like lots of video games, but contained in a small area? Oh, that sounds that sounds very convenient. What if too many games in one? Too many games? Too many games in one.lol.net. They are this week's sponsor and they they apparently had someone scroll down for weeks to find the bottom of this selection of games. They apparently that person got to like sixty-five thousand and just gave the fuck up. So we don't know how many games are in this cartridge. No idea. But more than sixty-five thousand. Exactly. Are my favourite games in there? Maybe. Who knows? Do you want to play the NES remake of Plants vs. Zombies? Do you want to play a ROM hack of Mario where Mario's got a pink hat and that's all that's different? Do you want to play Super Mario Bros. 26? 
Ah, sure, sure. Uh, I'm booting it up now. That does just appear to be Mario 3 with a different number on the home screen. Uh, no, no, it's got the Tiny Toons um, oh, Adventures okay. uh, sprites. Okay, and the power-ups are cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, Nintendo went out on the limb with that one, I guess. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, and, and so forth. Yeah, so that's too many games in one. Lol.net. Enter the code Q and PS245, and you can get. Well, I mean, just too many games, really. It's too many games. Too many games. Too maybe many. you'll find 65,001, and maybe that'll be the game you want to play. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be 80,000. Who knows? Good luck trying to find out. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've been keeping an eye on the uh, competition recently. Right. Yeah. Well, what are we stealing? Oh, well, uh, it's less a thing and more a uh, concept. Right. Uh, I've been watching uh, one of those energy drink companies with, like, a generic one-word name. Right. Uh, right. Trying to sue game developers, like, that use that word in their game titles. Right. They're not, yeah. they're not, not after us, though, right? No, no, no. They're not right. after us. But, like, here's the thing. Right. They're, they're so confident this is a winning strategy. They're going after video games that, like, you know, existed before their energy drink. You right, know, like, they right. clearly didn't come up with the name, the, the word, but they were like, right. nah, it's ours, it's ours. And so, also, like, it's just a word in general yeah, use, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a word in general use that they're just saying, no, we own it. No one else can use it. Uh, so I thought we'd look at, uh, you know, words that we have in game titles and go... What if we just declare that that's our word and, uh, you know, sue anyone that tries to use it? Um, right. Like, A. Yeah, A. Uh, A, you know, A is, is you know, they might argue it's a, it's a letter rather than a, a word. I yeah, but it's, it's a whole word as well. I suppose it is a whole word uh, as well. We've had games with, you know, with, with that in. I, I, I had one I was thinking about that, like, we might have a good market we can, we can corner with it. Right. So we do call a shooty, right? What about the word call? Because then right. we, we start going after the telephone companies. We're like, if you say, I'm going to use my phone to call someone, I'm going to call someone on the phone, that's our word. We, yeah. we use that. That's our trademark. Did you trademark the word call? Probably not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to make phone calls, we better get that money. So it's now call TM of shooty TM. Yes. Call right, right. TM of shooty TM. Right, right, right. And we, yeah. you know, we go after the phone companies ha hard. Uh, you know, it's in such, like, casual, regular use that I think they're going to have no no option but to, to fold. You are a fucking genius. You are a TM fucking genius. I'm not paying you for that. <laughs> so, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Ah, uh, not a lot this week. No? Um, we listened to some music at the weekend, but I couldn't tell you what we listened to. It was mostly trance and drum and bass. A little yeah. bit of step. Uh, I've not listened to a lot new this week. What about you? You listened to... Have you listened to uh, Yeah, I did listen to a thing. Uh, so, I've been trying to keep up with, or, or, or keep going with, um, Welcome to Night Vale. Mm hmm And, um... The, you know how occasionally they will just be like, we're going to do a little advert for an entirely different show. Yes. And usually I will give them a go. Yeah. Sorry. Often I will give them a go. 
Also, quite often, I will just go, I want to get on with the story before I forget what's happening. And I'll skip them. But this time I did not. And they had um, 15 minutes of the Orbiting Human Circus Holiday Special. Okay. And I was curious enough to track down the rest of that episode. Um, so it is called The Second Imaginary Symphony. Mm-hmm. And it is framed as a... This was thought to be a lost piece of music, but it turns out it isn't. It's some kind of drama, but also this is this was found to be the only recording of this thing, and we're going to perform it for you now. Okay. And it is almost like, you know how we do our, our PSA skits? Yeah. That sort of... Um, what, like 1920s news reader voice with like crackly background and, and weird effects. But this adds things like people playing the saw in the Ooh. background. Um, lots of weird instrumentals and, and weird, um, like just general sound choices while telling this story about a small curious boy whose neighbor is secretly a cloud maker. Mm hmm. But also might be having a bit of a breakdown because he's very lonely. But then he goes missing and maybe there's a lot more to it than he thought. And the boy goes on an adventure and to try and find him and find out the truth about cloud making. And, and, and decides that he doesn't want to be just, just dull anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do what adults do. He doesn't want to do what grown ups do. He wants to. He wants to be one of the rare people who might be a cloud maker, Aww. assuming cloud makers exist. Um, if if you occasionally get overwhelmed by audio stuff, this might not be for you. Yeah, because sometimes the the musical choices, especially playing things like the saw, several yes. saws at once as well, deliberately on dissonant, overlapping sounds. I imagine can get a little bit overwhelming. But ultimately, yeah. the story is very sweet. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know how much more of that show I would be interested in listening to. Because right now, I need to, to get back and find out what the fuck is happening in Nightvale. Because oh. I've got into another I've got into another loop there. I'll eventually catch up with you in Nightvale. <laughs> I'm listening to two episodes a week, slowly plodding along while I do my swims. Yeah, yeah. Just my Wednesday morning, put some Night Vale on and swim a bit. Yeah. 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 Have you listened to anything else? Yes, that's it for me. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Have you got some time off? Yeah. Are you going to be doing something different? Yeah. Do you usually have to run on a quite a strict routine, otherwise your brain just doesn't work properly? Yeah. Try Newtine. What's that? It's like a whole different routine for when you're going to have some time off. You just switch it on, and then you have access to a whole different routine. But this is your time off routine, so you can just chill, hang out. That's your routine now. That's what you're used to, thanks to Newtine. Then, when you head back to work, you just flick it back again, and there you are, ready to be back in the whole whole normal work plan this thing. Thanks, Newtine. That's right, Newtine. You don't have to worry about the fact that, oh, you've had some time off and now you've got to get back into your old routine. You just flick between the two. Newtine helps you switch on, switch off, or switch over. Yeah. Honey, I'm home. Oh, uh, um, I'm in here. Just be 
careful as you open the door. No! Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Have you become a spider and didn't tell me? Uh, no, are no. Are you sure? No, okay, so... Uh, 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 are you uh, planning a heist? No, no, I'm not planning... Are it, you sure you... I, I know not, this amount of red string does look like a heist. It does look like you're planning to duck under lasers. No, I'm not ducking under lasers. Are so, you pretending to duck under lasers? No, no, oh. so... I've been watching that. I've been I've been rewatching that old Tears of the Kingdom trailer, and um, okay. one thing led to another, and I've gone a little, just a little bit down the theory, the theory, theory crafting rabbit hole. Um, yes. So so like it started innocuous enough in that I was watching one of the old trailers, and there's a uh, goblin that looks like they're holding a weapon that might be a stick with a boulder on it before that was announced as a, like fuse was announced as a feature i mean that's very obvious that, that that's what that is yeah but then i started looking at other things in the trailers and being like that you know if they're that willing to have that feature just like out on display is that a combination of a shield and this is that a combination of this and that and I then mean, probably then i started thinking you know i started going like a, you know a little off the beaten track and going what if the reason link's got longer hair now is Link used the fuse ability on a pile of loose hair and his own head, and now he's got longer hair. Well, I mean, Zelda does now have like a kind of a bob going on. Right. Cut, so maybe yeah. she cut it off and... and... And Link just used the fuse ability to put it back on, yeah, okay. right? Um, I was thinking, uh, you know, with that that, um, that that thing that might be Ganondorf down in the bottom of the uh, of that mine. Right. The reason it looks all skeletal, we assume, uh, like all mummified, I assumed was like, oh... He's been down there a long time. He's he's getting all old. Uh-huh. What if someone used the fuse ability on a normal person and a mummy and just fused mummy onto like him? Like a gibdo. Yeah, fused a gibdo onto him. Like that one person with the gibdo mask in Majora's Mask. Right. He's just wearing he's wearing a zombie mask. So it's Majora's Mask. But the mask is where fused on. instead of just being like Deku and Goron and and Zora, it's also gibdo. Yes. And I then started thinking about like, look, we've got the Sky Islands, and then Sky like, Islands. yeah, and we've seen like the the underground in that in that like first trailer where they were exploring underground, right? What if there's even more? Maybe what if like you can use the stuff that you use to go to the Sky Islands to go even further up? You go to space. What if there's space levels? And oh. we can find out where those like star fragments are from that were falling in Breath of the Wild. Okay, so like Legend of Zelda Galaxy. Yeah, and then that would explain like we we could get back the UFO, the Majora's Mask connection again. Yeah, the UFO that stole the the cows and Majora's Mask. Finally, finally find out what happened there. Is this fun? I just want to check that you're having I, fun with this because I, you do know that that like the 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 uh, art book leaked. A little while back, so you could probably just check if I mean, you wanted look, to just know. In fact, I could in, just know and be and and have the correct information. But then, how would what would I do when the book? You know, if the book tells me that we're not going to space to fight the alien that stole the cows in Majora's mask, then I lose the ability to imagine that being what we're going to okay, do. Okay, I was just checking that yeah, th- yeah. this was this yeah. was the fun no, this aspect. Is, this is fun. This is cool. fun. Now come. Carefully make your way in. Uh, I've got so many theories to tell you about how we're going to use the Song of Double Time to go, like, loop thousands of years into the future to go to, like, even more future Hyrule. Cool. Okay, but I am going to do, like, a limbo thing under all these red okay, strings. Okay. Dim, 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 dim. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social Justice Warriors. Social Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, mate, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. How you Not doing? Not too much. 
Yeah, you know, same old, same old. Same old, yeah. You, uh, bank holiday. Oh, a lovely one, lovely yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. too much. Oh, you know, uh, uh, went went and uh, went and spoke to me local MP recently. Oh, right. Yeah, went yeah. and uh, you know did did it did the uh, did the thing that you know needs needs to be done, which is going yeah. and going and vocalising to your local MP whether you know you think they'll actually listen or not about like. Issues that don't impact you personally, but making it clear to your MP, like, hey, this is important to me, and I, you know, it's a matter I will vote on, and, you know, I, I want you to hear from me and see that I'm a human being that has these opinions. Cause, yeah, uh, I mean, especially because, you know, we know that uh, the kind of bigots that spend all their time being uh, just awful online, they... they Certainly, are writing to their MPs and making themselves heard. You know, well, that's, so. that's exactly it. Like the number of uh, times you'll see, you know, uh, anti-migrant people or transphobes or whoever, you know, make the time to write to their MP or to book an appointment with their MP yeah, yeah. to uh, make sure that they are heard. You know, they they are very good. Like you know, right-wing folks are you know pretty good at making it seem like they're the majority opinion because they're the only opinion that is putting the time in to contact their MP. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's important, you know, specifically for matters that don't personally impact you because, like, a lot of a lot of MPs will, if, you if you know, if, if someone who's personally impacted, you know, like a trans person goes and says, you know, well, I think things should be this way, you know, an MP might go, yeah, well, well, of course you think... You're biased. You're biased, yeah. yeah. But, you know, if someone who isn't trans comes in, for example, and says, oh, I think that, you know, things should be like this for trans people and should be better, you know, there's less of a ability for them to hand wave it away, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I I constantly hear about you know a lot of a lot of turfs certainly are the kind of people who do have all the time in the world, you know, that that leisure yeah. time to just spend that time just complaining and, and making themselves heard, and and I know uh, there's that um, that Tory Lord Baroness, what, what name? Uh, she's uh, you know, she's always talking about oh yeah, people people are writing to me constantly saying yeah. you know about how we need to stop stop these people and 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 obviously the people writing to her are all you know the turfy sorts. So uh, you know, yeah, if, if you we can just convince people to you know people who want to be allies and who will claim uh, you know allyship, if they could just you know maybe make the effort to yeah, it's it's do a little of, bit of that themselves. It's one of the best things you can do as an ally is to you know. In, in, hopefully, in 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 numbers, make it known that you know the general consensus and the the popular opinion in your area is not that of the you know loud minority of bigots that are chiming up all the time. Yeah, and you know, make make sure that they are aware that this for you is a, is a, a votable issue, and that's uh, you know obviously you know they want nothing more than to to hold their position, and if they're hearing enough voices saying. Uh, you know, this this is a, a deeply important matter to me. Then you know you need to make sure that uh, yeah you are being heard. And, and we obviously with with that in in mind, obviously you need to probably think about the uh, next election coming up. Yeah, we've got uh, voting in a few weeks, and there is still time. Uh, you know, to contact your local council and get a uh, a. a, a, a uh, there's some a ballot. F- f- yeah. No, no, the the 
form of uh, ID oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for uh, for people who don't have you know yeah. any of the already accepted forms of uh, ID. Yeah, make mm. sure that you, you know that what you've got is accepted because yep. all the rules are changed to try and disenfranchise yeah. people. You've still got I think until the twenty fifth of this month to uh, get a postal ballot if you want to go that way about yeah. things. You know, there's uh, there are things you can do that will make sure that you don't need to worry about a, a postal ballot. Especially since we know very well at the moment that uh, the government have said that over 65 bus pass, valid. Yeah. Any other kind of uh, bus pass, you know, your your, uh, normal standard uh, adult rate uh, bus pass, not acceptable, not not suitable. They know what they're doing. They're trying to swing the votes in their favour and you've got to push to make sure they can't do it. Yeah, yeah. So whatever you do, make sure that you uh, you are getting your uh, legal right to vote. Exactly. Uh, Tug, mate. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Right, I think I'm going to uh, pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes? You do things. I do do things. Can we, will you tell us about some of those things and when we can find them? I mean, you can find all the things I do at Laura K. Buzz all across the internet because I've got that good unified branding. Find me uh, on, on Twitter... Uh, Twitch, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Um, uh, TikTok, YouTube, where once a week I publish episodes of Accessibility. Uh, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Uh, as little as a dollar a month over there really helps. LauraKBuzz.com. Just search LauraKBuzz wherever you find stuff and I'm probably there making stuff. Oh, I did it. There you are. I found you. Oh, you found me. Yeah. What about you? Where are you on the internet? Me, I don't have Unified Branding. But I do have a little gathery thing. A tree of links, if you will. A link tree. A linkter.ee. A linkter.ee slash janiac. J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find music I make and t-shirts I design and things I write and just about everything else. You can find my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help get this show edited and you can help me do all the streaming and justify all of the other late night worky things and the sleepiness and and help keep me in video games to talk about on this good show and that's about it that's about it yeah that's about it uh laura yeah will you sing us out please darling (gasps) until next time be a stranger